0: Don't get ad this, right? We're recording. We're just going to add. lib I can fix it in the time. <laughs> and he does a really good job fixing it. Welcome to...
1: quick plug here for our friends over at Loyal. Healthcare is complicated and our friends over at Loyal get that, which is why they are dedicated to helping health systems simplify the complexities through smart consumer first technology solutions designed
0: to inspire loyalty. Whatever your business goals, Loyal's platform enables you to empower, guide, and connect with your data in order to deliver a simply smarter digital patient experience. All you need to do is go over to their website, loyalhealth.com demo to schedule a personal demo and learn a little bit more about their products.
1: Welcome to episode 92 of Touchpoint. I'm Reid Smith, joined as always by Chris Boyer. Hey, Reid. Welcome. Uh, we, as most, if you're listening, you may realize that we are we are outside, mm-hmm. and we are outside in
0: Scottsdale, Arizona, at the Healthcare Internet Conference. That's right. And for those of you who might be listening from colder climes like Minnesota, it's 75 degrees outside as we yeah. speak. So really nice. humidity 77. 77.
1: 77. Right? Oh. Uh, you hear some other voices, and uh, this is going to be a special episode because uh, we've got a few yeah. folks here that actually I'm the only one not here, uh, or I'm the only one here that's not in the uh, Healthcare Internet Hall of Fame. That's right. So, besides Chris and I, and, and we'll come back to Chris here in just a second, we've got uh, Ed Bennett, class of 2012, sure. Lee AC class of 2013, and the most recent inductee, Chris Boyer, Class of 2018. So thanks for uh, joining us Thank you, glad to be here. here. So for uh, those that have listened for any period of time, uh, probably have heard episodes that uh, Lee and Ed have both been on, but for maybe those that are new listeners, just a quick introduction, uh, a little bit of your background, Lee. Sure. Um, Yeah,
2: Lee Acey. I'm the manager, or excuse me, director for our social and digital innovation team at Mayo Clinic. Uh, Also uh, founded what's now the Mayo Clinic Social Media Network, which is uh, oriented to help our colleagues first at Mayo Clinic and also throughout the um, uh, healthcare ecosystem. Uh, take advantage of healthcare uh, social media tools. So people sometimes refer to Ed Bennett as the godfather of healthcare social media. Some, I'm the, some I'm,
3: people refer to me as that. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm
2: say I'm the grandfather of uh, healthcare social because I have nine grandchildren. there you go and then
1: uh, Ed Bennett the
3: godfather.
1: Godfather.
2: The
3: godfather. <laughs> yeah. I've been uh, working in the healthcare internet space for 20 years. I spent most of my time at the University of Maryland Medical System where I set up their, um, their digital program and recently have left to start a new venture where I'm setting up, I've set up a, a site called martech.health where I'm uh, making it easy for uh, folks in our industry to connect with vendors to support them in projects.
1: Awesome. Very cool. And then Chris was actually inducted today into the Healthcare Internet Hall of Fame. Um, as I Duck as a bird. <laughs> I just got buzzed <laughs> by a bird. Um, but uh, before we go too much further, uh, thanks for listening. Touchpoint.health is the website. That's Rate, right. review, subscribe. Wherever you're listening, that's the uh, best way that everyone else can find this mm-hmm. show. That's right.
0: And we have a number of shows out there, and we just launched a new show this week. Yeah,
1: today it was episode one of Data Points. So if yeah. you're in data and mm-hmm. analytics, you can go out and check that show out. Hosted by Greg Matthews. Yeah. Um but anyway, so yeah, so we're here. So uh, a lot of us know each other, and we knew each other, obviously, uh, online first, probably mm-hmm. Twitter most, uh, well, exclusively. I think all yeah. of us right. right? yeah. Twitter, Twitter together. Um, in that 08, 09 time frame, probably. Um, and so we thought it'd be fun to, to sit and maybe talk a little bit about, um, you know, how it's evolved since then, mm-hmm. it it being the digital, digital, the internet, yeah. Yeah. all of the, the things. Uh and then maybe a little forward-looking uh, of, of what what maybe is to come, and some of the topics obviously we're hearing at the conference and things
0: like that. So, so, Ed, you've been in this what you say twenty years now. Twenty years. Let's look back twenty years time. I mean, what if you know what was it like way back then? Was there even an internet when you started? <laughs> No,
3: I sure wasn't. I was born a small child. Uh, <laughs> we had a dial-up phone. Um, we had a rotary phone. Um, I got involved on the internet in the mid-90s when I was introduced to it by a friend at Bell Laboratories in Chicago, Illinois. And he went to his office, he was a scientist there, and sat down and looked at this, he had this big monitor, and he was showing me how he could see pictures and talk to people all over the world through this thing called the internet. And I got really interested in that. That was pretty fascinating. So I started doing some consulting and working with companies and helping them get set up with their first website. But in 1999, I decided I wanted to take on something bigger and uh, was uh, looked at a, a position uh, in my town uh, with the University of Maryland, where they were bringing they were looking for someone to run their website. And so I looked at what's the landscape. What are other hospitals doing with websites? And realized that the world was my oyster (laughs) (laughs) nobody was really doing anything except throwing up a few static pages no one really had figured out uh, what the potential was for the Mm -hmm. web uh, in a healthcare Mm -hmm. uh, setting Mm -hmm. so um, that was a very good uh, place to be Uh, the the University of Maryland was very forward-thinking and gave me a lot of support and, and as we try things and tried and failed and sometimes succeeded and Mm -hmm. uh, started to do uh, really started to use the internet as a way of satisfying the needs of patients and getting the word out
1: okay so that's that's uh, you know your your background is on the technology side of the equation at least to some degree Mm -hmm. or or relative to the four of us sitting here i guess you're more from the public affairs side Mm -hmm. of the equation um you know and that's i I guess initially how you came into mayo clinic right it's on the public affairs side and so how, how is how did that kind of evolve and, and lead into you know what we now think of as social media and why? Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, when I started, so first of all, Mayo Clinic uh, got on the internet uh,
2: with Mayo Clinic Health Oasis in 1994. So that is uh, wow. Health Oasis? Health Oasis was wow. the name. yeah. And it was, it was actually just the passion of one of our uh, transplant doctors who mm-hmm. said, you know, there's this thing. We should have consumer health information out there mm-hmm. on the Internet. Mm-hmm. And so this was actually, I don't know if it was before WebMD or if it was, WebMD went, you know, public, you know, definitely. And drkoop.com was another mm-hmm. one of those uh, sites out there. But um, so I think one of, the, one of the first health systems that was out there, I came to Mayo Clinic in 2000 from a, from a communications background, from a PR background, and my job was pitching stories to journalists or writing news releases, you know, helping to spread the word about, you know, Mayo Clinic advances and good patient stories. Uh, But then in 2003, 2004, so when I became manager of that team and saw some of these new things like, you know, podcasting was this new thing, you know, in 2005. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. And now it's all new again. It's new again. But, you know, so we, uh, just as part of our, um, how do we continue to do that job and maybe even go directly to the consumers instead of going through the intermediary of the journalists, Um, we decided, you know, we have a credible voice. Uh, Let's let's use it and let's build a platform in these spaces. So it was an evolution of doing what I was originally hired to do, which was tell stories about Mayo Clinic, but being able to tell it directly instead Mm of having to only go through the journalists. And it's just been a natural kind Mm -hmm. of growth of doing the next thing that seemed like the smart thing to do at the time. Mm -hmm. And most of the time it was. I mean, there was a lot of opportunity, especially as the platforms were fresh and new. And by being there with a well-known organization like Mayo Clinic, there was a credibility that kind of we brought to the platforms besides, you know, in addition to the fact that Back then, organic reach was great. Yeah. Like, whenever you posted something, all of your followers saw it. Right, you
1: know? it's <laughs> right. Like yeah. so, Completely so different. A, yeah, yeah. People were think thinking, like, wow, organic reach. Yeah. yeah, That was a thing. Yeah. Yeah, it
0: used to be. Um. And then the four of us kind of all started to get to know each other around, what, it was 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, Reed, you came into digital earlier than that as well, didn't you?
1: Uh, well, I came into the hospital world in 03, mm-hmm. Um And then I think when Twitter launched, I think that started the, uh, well, this is interesting, yeah. you know, and just started yeah. kind of messing around with stuff. And there weren't that many people in the hospital or healthcare space on Twitter at the time. So it was pretty easy to track down the... <laughs> The handful of (laughs) folks that did exist. And so it just allowed this interesting conversation. I was at the Texas Hospital Association at the time, I think, when we really started uh, doing a Twitter chat and some Mm -hmm. of those types of Mm -hmm. things weekly. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just changed a lot. I mean, it's just a different different space than it was, obviously, 10 years ago. That's when
0: we all started kind of following each other. I Mm -hmm. remember I started a Ning community right at a website. And I started to do video off of my old flip camera. Yeah. And uh, I was doing videos about like digital and then I started talking yeah. about social media and yeah. we started posting and we all started to kind of conglomerate and start talking about it because I think we were some of the earlier mm-hmm. people just really focusing on how these tools and stuff can be applied sure, in a good way, right? Well, so, it was
3: a pretty exciting time and one of my favorite memories involving Reed was the South by South health conference yes. that was set up the day before South by Southwest. 2010. Right, 2010. Yep. Uh, It was a great conference. I think it was a one-day conference. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I remember is the South by Southwest people came to you and said, you really can't do that anymore. But (laughs) we love the idea. You can't call it South (laughs) by. Yeah, Yeah. We love the idea. Will you come in and help us program a health channel? So that was good.
1: Yeah, it was was neat to kind of springboard that into what is now a pretty successful track within that conference. It's actually called Health and MedTech now. Um, and we see a lot of content come through there, though. So uh, you're talking about doing websites, mm-hmm. right? And coming in the University of Maryland Medical right. Center and doing that. What did what did a success or a win look like early on?
3: Well, one one way of getting a, of identif- of quantifying a win was just getting agreement on what we were going to be doing with the website. <laughs> well, <laughs> that
0: really
1: hasn't changed all that, that that's much. Right? much. Yeah, that's that's yeah.
3: still a win. Yeah. Um, the uh, once we had a plan in place, and in fact, we, uh, when I came to the medical center, they had already just engaged Greystone to come in and help build a strategic mm. mm. internet plan. So uh, that was a pretty straightforward you know, leap for them to say, we're, re- we're investing in this. And uh, one of the first things that I did was identify the idea of having um, educational content to uh. draw people in. Yep. So the hospitals, mostly at that time, very small sites, and they were mostly just saying, this is our, these are our practices and these are our, our doctors, uh, but not the sort of the straightforward educational content. Because we realized that people were searching for medical information first, not necessarily say, I'm ready to find a hospital or a doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was probably the, the first win, was getting that concept across. Is that a success is not someone who sought out the name of our hospital. It's someone who sought out information and found our our website.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it. Uh, Lee, what about from a social media perspective? So, as you guys started down that journey, what were some of those first kind of benchmarks that you would you would deem as Success. Sure. I mean, we had uh, a well-established
2: website with MayoClinic.org, which at uh, which at that time it was MayoClinic.com. You know, it was and still kind of remains next to like WebMD, one of the uh, top sites for uh, search for those kind of uh, health information searches. Our perspective at first was to say, let's look at these as we were looking at social. How can we take advantage of the fact that there are at that time, 70 or 80 million people on Facebook, you know, yeah. <laughs> and the, the people already out there talking, and we knew that word of mouth had been for Mayo Clinic our most important factor in preference for Mayo Clinic, and if we just provided a vehicle for that to happen on an amplified, friction-free way, uh, that that was that was a big win. So for for us, and because I was from a media relations background, it was again, how do we use YouTube to pitch a story versus Pitching it by picking up the phone or sending an email. Like if we can send a link to the patient on Flipcam, you know, or the doctor on Flipcam, where it's show and tell instead of just tell. So a lot of it was, and where we saw the significant success was when, you know, we, I, I was in Philadelphia and shot a video with Jason Worth, who was a, you know, outfielder for the Philadelphia Phillies, who had been a patient at Mayo Clinic, and um, telling his story. And then being able to use that to pitch USA Today to run a feature story about him, and then that leading to both um, obviously a lot of traffic, but uh, you know to those to those videos and to those stories. But we were able to track it through to while this is a pretty obscure um, a pretty obscure condition, at least not well known. I mean, it wasn't well known to it was a, it was a discovery at Mayo Clinic of this kind of particular injury that could be repaired and seeing the increase in volume of patients actually coming to have that operation. You know, mm-hmm. So we were able to track that through, and I sort of used a, the analogy of a biopsy mm-hmm. um, whereas you know, versus the full body scan. So we couldn't know completely all the impact that we were having, but if you could take a little slice here and mm-hmm. say, well, in this particular case, we could demonstrate that it leads through to you know mm-hmm. people coming to Mayo Clinic and getting help, uh, then that helped us uh, make the case for more investment in it.
0: Hey, we want to take a moment to thank one of our sponsors, and that's our good friends at Binary Fountain. You know, as a healthcare marketer, it's probably pretty
1: obvious these days how much time you're spending uh, on reviews, ratings relative to hospitals, physicians, all that kind of good stuff. You know, too many of those are going unanswered,
0: and they're certainly not being analyzed. This could be costing us new and current customers. It could be impacting our patient experience scores and potentially impacting our revenue. Luckily, our good friends at Binary Fountain have an online reputation management platform called Binary Health Analytics. If you'd like to learn more or even schedule a demo, visit them online at binaryfountain.com. That's binaryfountain.com. Ed you came into it making this informational knowledge base mm-hmm. to really use that to elevate sort of the mm-hmm. status of your health right. organization. Lee, you were using um, social media and other channels to really kind of promote awareness and, and trying to drive, you know, like ba- basically putting the, the, the communications aspect of Mayo using these tools. For me getting into this, when I started talking to you guys, I was really focused on the journey right mm-hmm. so for me it was like how do people How are people using these things to actually select their way to care so back then it was like and I was doing kind of rough measurement like you were doing uh-huh. Lee right uh-huh. where it was like okay so people are searching for this first and then after they find this what do they do next and how do we start to path that journey together and it was very very rough that was back when Google did their early mm-hmm. remember they had their early journey map and right. they said people search for treatments and then they search or they search for symptoms and then they right. search for treatments and then they search for hospitals or doctors right Yeah, and i don't i don't think anyone really believed it was that that straightforward yeah for
3: <laughs> i mean the uh the big thing that helped uh, uh solidify the uh the legitimacy of the web uh at, that i did at my hospital was identify about 10 doctors who really understood the power and potential of the internet mm. and um asked those doctors to to ask every new patient that came into their practice, how did they first find out about our our practice or find out about us, me as a doctor, and then track the ones who said, I didn't even know you guys existed until I found you on the web. Oh, wow. And then worked with our finance people uh, over a course of a year to track how many patients self-identified that way, what was the volume that came in, and what was our, our revenue. Mm-hmm. And was able to build a single PowerPoint slide that said, "We worked with ten doctors. They identified 150 patients that only came because they found us on the web, and that was uh, that was worth uh, 2.5 million dollars mm-hmm. in revenue. Mm-hmm. And we support 800 doctors, mm-hmm. not just not wow. just 10. So that was a very powerful slide and." really sort of solve the problem of saying is the is the web worth it you know <laughs> why, are we we it? why are we doing why, this? Yeah, so, is there yeah. ROI in this oh, really right. right and that was about as much as we could do we didn't have any of the other tracking tools mm-hmm. that uh, now most hospitals have to really identify you know what's working what's not
2: so for us, we had the early commitment to the web. I mean, there was a, an understanding that this happens and partly because our main campus in Rochester, Minnesota is a town of now 120,000 people. And so we didn't have, we recognized that being able to reach out more broadly was helpful. But there was also this perception and, I mean, this, under, this belief that We should have good quality encyclopedic trustworthy content Mm -hmm. that's in keeping with mayo's brand the thing for us that was weird was being in social where people could talk back oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) you know it's one thing to say we're going to have you know two levels of editors who are going to vet and approve this content and push it out there but then people are going to like letting people comment on Mm -hmm. things and uh so that was uh that was the the more difficult journey for us to to get through, but by being able to make that uh, connection to old-fashioned word of mouth, you know, and then also having some external consultants like Shell Holtz and like Andy Cernovitz who would come in and help say, guys, uh, this is reality, this is the way the world is going. It helped to get us over the hump in terms
1: of getting into the the two-way. So, um... Did that and Did that lead to additional scrutiny? So once once you legitimize something, right. then everybody is on board, right? And then, which means everyone's on board, right? right? So <laughs> so what what did that do? Not not in a negative way, no, but it, it's it just, wasn't a negative way. But, but right. how, how did that change the mindset of like, oh, now we really, we have to budget for this. We got a right. plan for this. There's strategy, yada
3: yada. Well, yada. You know, that's it's, just a natural way of things, and. The, uh, but it did help, you know, make it a, the path a lot easier to go down. To say uh, we're requesting this new, this new resources, new budget, new staff, uh, and we can justify the, the value of doing it. Um, it also really sort of intrigued the doctors so those the, the doctors who weren't part of that initial study of with 10 doctors they started to notice that and they started to keep track and started to come to us and let us know when they got a, a very interesting patient from you know another state uh, who found out us about us from the right.
0: Right. Okay. So let's let's move forward a little bit. Okay. Like, okay so I mean, that's back in the right. the Stone like Age. Good, right? <laughs> good, good old days. And, and things have. And we can do anything for any reason. Yeah, right. Exactly. Nobody cares. And then we start yeah. to slowly, you know, yeah. uh, justify resources and things. But things have progressed significantly. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest impacts was social media. Lee, you alluded to that, right? About how that fundamentally change the way organizations communicate with their audiences mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you've seen like over the years over the the wide vast years that you've been in this space yeah like how has that like kind of shifted things for you
2: well I mean the crazy thing is we talked about you know you talked about the flip camera mm-hmm. and that was such an advance to be able to go yep. instead of digitizing a tape and spending the whole time of the length of the interview to digitize it so then you could edit to be able to copy it over now we got Periscope and Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. You know the ability to have that mm. instantaneous feedback versus mm. uh, just recording a, um, an informational piece that's we put on YouTube. And yeah, you have comments, but it's not the real time uh, interaction. Right. So that's been uh, that's been huge, I think. Uh, also, just the the product cycle of these platforms, where at first they're hungry for content, mm-hmm. and so. I mean, there was, it was amazing some of the initial reach we got with Facebook Live, mm-hmm. and now it just becomes another content type right. that you still have to have the uh, some boosting behind or some promotion behind to, to make it uh, go. But it's been, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, like Ed said, as you get the resources, David Allen wrote Getting Things Done has this phrase that I think is great. He says, the better you get, the better you better get, yeah. you know, and that just as you start to show some results, then you do get more attention on, mm-hmm. you know, okay, how much are we investing on it? If you're just doing it kind of as an extra way to do your existing work better, knock yourself out. But then when you uh, when you
3: start to get some resources, then more accountability comes with that. Yeah, the the advent of social media in healthcare space was, I think, notable primarily because for the very first time the organization had to go onto a platform where they did not have total 100% control. Yeah. Mm. And that's a, a huge mental shift about what is okay for us to do. Right, And once that sort of got that breakthrough where you know, after a few years, of course, we have a Facebook page, and this is why we do it. Now it makes it a little easier to do things like, well, let's post physician ratings and reviews on our, you know, of our doctors. Mm-hmm. It just opened
0: that door a little bit to to right. away from that very closed, controlled. Uh, uh, approach. You know, one thing I've seen too a lot is, we talked about measurement, right? Measurement has come such a far, far way mm-hmm. since then. I mean, back then we were tracking like how many followers we had and how many maybe likes yeah. they had. Now we, there's these tools out there that can actually track and you can... Facebook is, is pixeling people mm-hmm. and being able to track right. to see if, like, they not only go through Facebook, but now they go what websites they go to and what their journey is like. And then CRM, This all this technology now that's coming into play that provides us all these tools where we can be more insightful about our, our resources. And quite frankly, it's become much, much more complicated mm-hmm. from my perspective. I mean, the, it's no wonder these CRM, you know, companies are now, like, getting so so large that you, you, you basically have to make capital investments into them in order to get good results from right. them, right? Yeah, it's true. Uh, the CRM has been the, the hot topic
3: now for probably 10 years. I remember talking about it 10 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and then it that was a brand new idea then, and now it's suddenly become, you know, not suddenly, but eventually it became expected part of how a healthcare organization would run. Um I think we're still trying to figure out what is the balance there. I mean, it, a CRM is is you know in a retail setting, it makes a lot of sense when you have someone who is going to be a return customer and is doing mm-hmm. ongoing business, and you're tracking what they bought and so forth. Healthcare is a little more episodic, so yeah. it's not quite the same thing. Well, there's also um, the creepiness factor. Well, there's yeah. a creepiness <laughs> factor on top yeah, of yeah, all of that. that. Right, right. <laughs> there is. So I think, and and the the other big issue is that if you're going to have a successful CRM implementation, you need staff. You, yeah. know, you just don't buy it and yeah. plug it in and, and say, it's great. Right. You need a full-time person what? at least. You need yeah, internal, yeah, yeah
0: so so it's a big, uh, it's a big investment, uh, both financially and, and resources. So one of the things, I mean, I hear a lot, and it's happening in our health system as well, is now we're looking at CRM as an investment that's not just marketing in nature, right? It's around yeah. the, in, capturing the entire patient experience, mm-hmm. you know, um, and all the way through, and really used to optimize also operations mm-hmm. and optimize the, the 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 way we're actually delivering care and informing back to the organization. So right. suddenly now your your little tool about tracking to see how many people are coming in through your website to get to you know make an appointment is having an implication. how you can measure the lifetime value of that potential right. patient.
3: Well, it's the it's the difference between thinking or an, anecdotally thinking that there's a right way and a wrong way to do it, and having actual data to back that up. And you're right, CRM is usually focused on customers and what kind of ROI and sales do I get, mm-hmm. but that data can be used in so many different ways, mm-hmm. like you said, operations, experience, et cetera.
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: Well, I think, you know, uh, what we're talking about now is also being framed in this idea of consumerism, right? And we hear that in panels and people talking about it, and, and so I think the expectation of the consumer has changed. And so, where we did participate in a lot of these places, because we thought it might be a good idea, we thought the, you know, the brand, the organization thought that was a good idea. You know, we're, we're losing pace now. It feels like a little bit with just what people's expectations are, and mm-hmm. what they should, they feel like they should be able to accomplish with our organization, whether that's via a portal or a bill pay mm-hmm. integration or whatever it is. You know, the, in their life. You know, we have Apple and Amazon and all the usual suspects to thank for this, but Mm -hmm. it's just so easy to do everything now from this little uh, phone in your pocket Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. And that's how people want to participate, especially as generations are coming through. Is this where we insert the millennial joke? Yeah, that's, or, this is our
0: okay. annual, this
1: is our yeah, yeah, weekly millennial dig. Yeah, okay. no, um, but, but the <laughs> expectation of how, you know, they don't want to talk to somebody, they want to do everything, you know, right. it's just that type of stuff,
0: right? Right. Well, and and it made me think what you were saying, Reed. It made me think, too, that all of these tools, social media now, um, websites, CRM, all of these are actually much more than just a marketing and communications tool. They're becoming now right. how people interact with our health systems. So Facebook are, is now necessarily part of how people communicate with us about maybe patient experience matters right? and maybe ma- lodging complaints. Our websites are becoming much more transactional in nature. People are using them not to just to find information, mm-hmm. they're using it to do something, pay their bills, re- refill their appointments, make online appointments. Good. And that and, and, and when we talk about consumerism, I mean that's, that kind of falls along from my perspective. What consumerism is, is, is driving us here too, is that the, the, our digital properties, our social properties, all of these things are now becoming part of the overall experience that people have.
1: Hey, Chris, before we go too much further, jump into this next segment of the podcast. I did want to uh, mention and thank uh, one of our sponsors, Influence Health. Uh, You know, they've got a consumer experience platform that, that covers several things. And correct me if I'm wrong, but we've we've talked about content management systems on this podcast. Yeah, we did. What about CRMs? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we covered CRMs for sure. And then obviously each and every week we talk
0: about digital marketing. So digital marketing systems, uh, you know, in one way, shape or form have probably been covered, right? That's right. Digital marketing systems. And I would say that we even talk about it in a way of uh, that overall digital consumer experience. Well, there you go.
1: I, you know, I would, I would recommend for anybody interested in one of those topics uh, or anything else, they've also got some complimentary solutions on their website, but, but head over to their website, take a look at what they've got and what they're offering relative to CMS, CRM, digital marketing systems, kind of how all that is woven together in what they call their consumer experience platform. Find your way over to influencehealth.com.
2: We have what I like to call a Mayo silos of excellence <laughs> versus Centers of Excellence. You know, so we've got a really good social media program. We also have, you know, with MayoClinic.org, you know, 40, 50 million unique visitors a month, and then we've got a really good mobile app. Mm-hmm. And I think what people are going to be expecting is, but they don't really talk to each other. Yeah, I'm, like sta- you, I'm you don't stealing every- silos of excellence. That's all. So I mean, the good news is that we are getting recognition from yeah. our leadership that, that it's important to tie these together to right. create one view of the patient customer, mm-hmm. not from not necessarily from our all, good from our perspective, but mainly from the patient's perspective that, okay, if I'm going to sign in for something on Mayo Clinic, it should just know about me and be able to send me the information that I want. And, you know, if I've got a relationship of trust with them and I know they're not going to remarket me Mm -hmm. about, you know, prostate tests
0: or whatever, all all across the internet, (laughs) you know, that... (laughs) And if they yeah. show up for care, right? If you show up in their facility, mm-hmm. they want to. They they almost have an expectation that they are, that you already know about all of that experience that they've had with yeah. you and what they're searching for, without yeah. being creepy. Right. That's you know, the other balance, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and because they assume that you're the same person in all these places, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the questions being asked via like a Facebook private message still like blows my mind, like. Mm-hmm. You're asking this through Facebook. Like, why do you think whoever's running this Facebook page can answer this question? <laughs> I mean, like, clinical stuff. It's yeah. like, I, really? What you like, I do about this? this was the first stop on the, you know. But that's just the expectation. Maybe right? it, they're it, like, maybe it yeah, wasn't the first stop. It may not have been, right. and that's a good point no. too. Mm. But we don't know. Right. We don't know. Yeah. Then that, that's some of the problem, I guess. But you know, it's just it's just funny to me that people you know, can see that organization right. and go well. Any way I interact with them I should be able to get what I'm looking for. In well person, they've been online. trained to that on
0: Amazon and yeah. eBay and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, And that's crazy. I mean, uh, that, how are we as health systems prepared to even compete against, like, the Amazons? I mean, that's not what... They were there well, to we make the... T- Amazon's focused on right. making sure fulfillment and delivery is great and optimized right. and you can get anything and send it to you. Mm-hmm. You heard they just announced that over the, mm-hmm. the holiday season, mm-hmm. they're going to do free shipping for everybody, right? They're going to give people wow. Amazon Prime free. So why Prime am I paying for, for, for Prime? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what just, <laughs> just <laughs> till yeah. the end of the year, right? Okay, yeah. To get them hooked on that. But yeah. that's because they're optimizing the delivery mechanism Mm -hmm. and of course we hear about them coming in like taking over the pharmaceutical you know mail order and we as health systems we don't know what to do about that it freaks us out a little bit doesn't it what do you think what do you say Um, I think we need to be freaked out (laughs) (laughs) and every time
3: I come to the one of these conferences again we're here at the Healthcare internet conference I usually pick up on some interesting theme that Mm -hmm. maybe I didn't notice before uh, and I have to say, this year, that theme is totally the whole voice response uh, area of technology. Um, so like voice search and voice search. devices mm-hmm. and stuff, uh, yeah. The 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 scary stat that I heard was that within a couple of years, it's expected that 50% of all searches on the web will be done by voice. Mm-hmm. So let me confirm is, that. Hey Siri. Yeah. Hey Siri. <laughs> of all, sir. yes. <laughs> So what does that, what does that mean for traffic to your website? And traffic will probably go down. because yeah. well, you, do you, you have to, you have to be the response. Exactly. Not the top
1: three right. or above the mm-hmm. to be or first page. And no G- one's really one. grappled
3: with that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I, like, even little things like in, we're used to being able to see what were the terms that people used on search engines to get them to our site. Right. Well, maybe answers are coming about us on Siri. How do we know what people asked about? Uh, Is that data even available gosh. in any format? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> do we just end here? Like that? <laughs> that was, you know, it's it's been a, it's been a few years since I've walked away from a conference saying Oh my God! This is something really big and important,
0: and we got to pay attention to it. But that's what that's that's what it is this year. Huh? Yeah. How about you, Lee? What have you? What's your big aha? What have you heard this this year? Um.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I th- for me, it's just been uh, just good to reconnect with some people yep. I haven't seen. Yeah. So I haven't been at this conference probably since two thousand nine, two thousand nine, right, something right. like that. Yep. And so I um, it it was good to uh, see folks who have you know, and reconnect with some folks that mm-hmm. I hadn't seen for quite some time. I um, I think, you know, from my perspective, I'm coming from more of a PR, you know, communications <laughs> versus marketing, and it's not, a, you know, a versus thing, right, but it's right, just, a, right. you know, um, so I, I'm, I guess, kind of catching up a little bit more mm-hmm. on some of the, the data analytics, you know, in terms of how it... And you're presenting about that. And well, yeah, we're presenting on... Um, making our social media metrics actionable you know Mm -hmm. and so it's uh
1: exciting to be uh, able to present on that very cool well i I think you know you can see you hear some of the same things you've heard in previous years and Mm -hmm. i think that's just a product Mm of uh the maturing of technology and and things like that that's why we've heard about crm for some Mm -hmm. years now right um and now with the voice piece and, and we see some things like AI, VR, mm-hmm. AR, you know, some of those things starting to creep in and actually right. be useful, mm-hmm. not just gimmicky or kind of a, wow, well, you know, who would do that kind of a thing, but they're mm-hmm. actually, you know, real tools that hospitals are using and getting adoption around. And so, um, you know, it's just, it's technology. I mean, technology continues to kind of be that theme as a mm-hmm. whole which still then goes back to this interoperability issue. Yeah. How do we get these things talking to each other and moving stuff
0: around? Yeah. And So there's still some growing pains there. Moving uh, out of the silos of excellence <laughs> to yes. yeah. an integrated system.
3: Yeah. An integrated
0: system of excellence. Yeah. 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 And one, of the, one of the things that I've noticed, the big, th- the big theme I'm starting to see is that there's more and more impetus around using the technology in a way that it becomes sort of the background, mm-hmm. not the foreground mm-hmm. of the experience. Right. So how do we use this technology to make it easier for mm-hmm. people to do things, make it mm-hmm. easier for us to do our business better, um, and and really, you know, the, the good technology is technology you don't even know that you're mm-hmm. using, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that we're starting to see that. Whereas before, these conferences are all about what's oh, the flashy new thing, what's the, you know, let's roll in the new technology, let's talk about chatbots, yep. let's talk about this or whatever. This time around, some of the, the sessions I'm, I'm really seeing is like they're using this data to drive out actionable metrics to give you a better understanding of your organization, and they're talking about designing experiences where it's technology is not the forefront; it's it's supportive of um, the entire experience.
1: I don't think we 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 as the marketing folks have had the responsibility that we have now. Mm-hmm. So now we have a responsibility because oh now we're involved in patient access and transparency initiatives and all these things that used to be left up to quality or ITNS or the clinical side of the house or whatever and you know, now marketing, you know, those lines are starting to blur like we've talked about on previous episodes and so uh, it's an interesting time uh, and I think B.G. Porter from the student group said this when we interviewed him uh, a couple of months ago, but he, he really felt like that marketing was the most interesting place to be in the hospital right now as far as being able to serve the public, serve the employees, serve physicians, all the stakeholders. Uh, that that responsibility really lies with that group.
0: All right, that was a really good conversation. Um, so great to catch up with you, Lee and Ed and Reed. I mean, this feels like the old, good old times, but uh, it's great that we're also, the, you know, flash forward, here we are a little grayer and a little bit more matured, but we're still kind of thinking whoa, about... Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm I don't know am <laughs> grayer. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, and um, it just, you know, a lot of things, this healthcare internet conference is great. I think the title maybe needs to be updated. You know, internet yeah, sounds a little dated now. Sure. I don't know but we'll figure that out. Um, so uh, just, you know, this is uh, next week, Reed, you and I are going to be in Jacksonville, Florida, for those and listening. Mm-hmm. And with Lee, <laughs> yeah, right? Lee will others, also be there. Right, yeah. at the, the, the yeah. social media, the annual social media conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reed, you want to just talk a little bit about what that is for people listening in? Just give a quick little plug for the conference? Yeah, our, our Mayo Clinic Social Media Network
2: annual conference is a chance for people who are doing uh, sort of the tip of the spear in hospitals, uh, advocating and leading social media efforts, as well as some you know, clinicians and others who are just uh, interested in social media to get together, be inspired, um, and also have some practical hands-on learning about uh, how to apply social media in
0: their work. There you go. There you go. I, it may be too late for you to register and come to the conference, but you know you can always go out to the website, socialmedia.mayoclinic.org, that would learn more yeah. about the community, because we hold these conferences every year. We do. And yep. the hashtag? Hashtag.
1: MCSMN.
0: All right. Mayo the Clinic social media network. No vowels. There you go. No vowels. No and, vowels. and if Lee,
1: <laughs> if people want to track you down online, if they don't already know, what's what's the best place to do that? Uh, just L E E A A S E is the. That is my brand. My
2: common branding. It's good to have a short name with lots of vowels,
0: uh, that, uh, yeah.
3: that if you, uh, on all those social platforms, that's where you find it. Very cool. What about you, Ed? How do people track you down? Uh, just uh, Google Ed Bennett. I'll usually pop up.
1: There you go. That's yeah. confidence. Right there. Yeah. there you go. There you go. In his new website, martech.health. Uh, I encourage you to check that out. If you're a uh, vendor, hospital, doesn't matter, there's uh, there's something there for you. So go, go take mm-hmm. a look at that. Um,
0: well, let's, let's do a couple of recommendations before we get out of here. Uh, Chris, do you want to lead us off? Sure. Um, I am going to recommend an app this week. Uh-huh. Um, I, I've been, as you guys know if you follow me on, on social, I've been spending more and more time doing Instagram stories. I don't do a lot of Facebook anymore. I'm just kind of creeped out by it. But I'm spending time on Instagram, and Instagram stories is really where I spend a lot of my time. And um, I've been using uh, a photo editor app that many of us know. It's called Snapseed. Not sure if you guys have used it before, but it's a really great, uh, really great, simple, free photo editor. You could just drop it, it as a bunch of filters that you can use. Um, it's interesting. I'm taking uh, horizontal photos now. Our, our good friend uh, portrait. Yeah. Uh.
1: Pratt's not gonna like that.
0: Jason Pratt will <laughs> not like that, but that's because that's the form factor of Instagram stories. Yeah. But um Snapseed does a really great job. They by the way, my I have an older iPhone, I'm not I'm not up to date yet. Um and I don't have portrait mode on my phone, but Snapseed has a filter for portrait mode. Oh nice. So um so I'm kind of replicating it that way. Anyway, it's free. It's an app called Snapseed, that's my recommendation. There you go. Ed, what about you? My recommendation is a dog breed.
3: Um, oh. My wife and I have had the enormous pleasure of having uh, s- uh, small dogs. Uh, with the breed is C- uh, Cavalier King Charles Spaniels. These are little toy spaniels, uh, very sweet, very affectionate, uh, just a lot of fun. And cool. uh, that's a breed we love.
1: Very nice. Very nice, Lee.
2: I recommend a book called "The Big Fat Surprise." Oh, by Nina Teicholz. She's a journalist who. Um, dives into the whole low-carb versus high-fat, high-protein kind of diets, and um, some of the history of how the low-carb diet is responsible for the obesity, yeah, the obesity... Or the high-carb, the low-fat diet is. uh, So that's why it's the big fat surprise. Wow. Pretty interesting.
1: yeah. And then I guess I will recommend the Healthcare Internet Conference. There you go. It happens every year at this time. So HCIC.net, we thank them for allowing us to come out, hang out, and do this uh, the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And so good group, a lot of fun. I don't know offhand where it's going to be next year. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of y'all do, but anyway, you can go to the website and find that out. So, mm-hmm. hcsc.net. So, for Chris Boyer, Ed Bennett, Reed Smith, and Lee Ac, we thank you for listening, and uh, at least a couple of us will see you next week. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.